Hey, it's Matt. Welcome to Money Lab. Uh, today, I want to talk about the eight ways to improve content and beat AI. Now, I walked around and brainstormed a ton of ideas on how I could improve the content on some university, my website, that AI could not replicate or at least would have trouble replicating in 2024. You know, obviously AI is going to get better and better, but right now AI can't do a lot of these things. It requires a human element and it, and I think when I think about SEO and where things are going with, you know, what, what Google's thinking about, it's, I, look, I predicted a long time ago, like as soon as AI became like a thing, as soon as chat, I shouldn't say when AI became a thing, when chat GPT came out, right? And blew up the internet. I was like, oh, that, that, there goes, there goes search because I'm literally typing shit now into chat GPT and it's telling me the answer. That's all Google ever wanted to do. That's like, that was Google's entire business model, which was like, type something into Google, type a question into Google, type it something, and it spits you out an answer in the form of other people's websites. It never could just speak to you, but if it could speak to you, that's the business model. Because ultimately, what, what Google wants is for you to rely on them as the go-to place to find what you're looking for, which is why relevancy was so important and search intent was so important and having good content was so important always from the beginning. Backlinks were never important. Now, it turns out in the new world of AI, I'm seeing backlinks coming up again as a strategy. Now, I have also, and I still will sit here and tell you that like, I think it's bullshit, but let's say that, let's just, let me play the devil's advocate to myself and go, okay, I think it's bullshit. I always thought Google was smarter and didn't need a backlink from an EDU website to say that another site is trustworthy. I just didn't think they needed that. However, I am willing to accept and admit that maybe Google has fucked up, right? Because you're seeing a lot of like bad search results come up in, since the new, content, uh, the new helpful content update came out. So I'm going, okay, let's assume Google kind of doesn't know what the fuck they're doing in the AI world. And maybe they do have to go back to relying on backlinks a little bit. Not, not that they've never relied on it. It's just, been, it's just never been a high ranking factor. But maybe they had to push that ranking factor up a bit. Because now anybody can spin up content. And people are spinning up content with AI. And so it's like, oh no, we don't have a way to find trustworthy sites anymore like we used to. Our, our machine learning model isn't working the way it used to. We need another indicator. Guess what? Good old backlinks come up, right? All right. So I'm willing to admit and accept that that's true. Not that I want to go out and start begging for backlinks, but I do have some ideas, but that's another episode and I have a bunch of ideas there. Today, I just want to talk about my eight ways to improve the current content on my website and setting myself up for acquiring good backlinks organically. Okay. Now, some of these, there's eight of them. Um, I've, I've, I had way more. I just thought these were the best eight. And some of them are going to be like, uh, that's not really that mind blowing or revolutionary. And it's like, yeah, but it's something that I've thought about and go, AI can't do this. It makes your content unique. And, and this, this, by the way, these eight steps require you to actually want to work on your business and improve your business for the greater good and to make money at the same time. Because I can tell you, if you go through these eight, you're like, AI can't do these. Yeah, that's the point. So, and it might, it might even be the case that like, uh, you know, a freelancer can't do this. Yeah, also the point. So, you're going to have to rebuild systems to improve your content if you, if you, imply, or if you uh, employ any of these tactics. Okay, so the first one, 
is analogies. <laughs> and you're like, uh, what? That's, that's not that mind-blowing of a concept. And it's not. But hear me out. So I, on my website, I teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs, right? And when I used to work at the store level, when I used to work in retail and in the service department, and I would have to talk to, to customers, I was explaining water chemistry and things that were complex to the average person. People, I mean, I mean, look, I am somebody who went to high school but didn't take chemistry, and I didn't go to college. So I was like, I am the average person for sure. Um, so I was like standing there trying to explain to them these concepts that I had learned, but they were just not getting because, you know, they're not in the chemistry world. Like, P, what the hell is pH? What does that even mean? Like, I've heard it before, but I don't actually know what it means. And so what I would do is I would come up with analogies, simple ones. One of the analogies I remember coming up with, and this has nothing to do with water chemistry. It was just simple, which was, okay, somebody comes into the store and they're like, I need a part for my pump. And I go, what, what's the pump? And they're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. That would be like you coming into a car mechanic and saying, I need my carburetor fixed. And they're like, okay, what kind of car do you have? You're like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's going to be really hard to help you because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what car you have. If I don't know the make and model, like everyone knows the make and model of their car. No one knows the make and model of their pump. Stupid analogy. Bad example. However, an analogy nonetheless. So AI cannot do this well. It can come up with analogies, obviously, but is it going to come up with a good one? And can you use analogies in your written content to help explain complex topics that would make the content more entertaining to read and easier to comprehend? That's number one. Okay. Simple, stupid, but works. The second one, which I think is a little bit better is naming concepts or ideas. And you've seen this a bunch. Again, AI can help you come up with the names, but when it generates content for you, it is not going to name things for you. For example, if you have a method of, I don't know, publishing a podcast episode, for example, maybe this podcast, to get meta about it, I have a very specific way of doing it. I record it on my voice memo, I upload it to Transistor, I maybe transcribe it with Descript, I, whatever. There's a process, there's a method to you know, creating a podcast episode. Name that. Give it a name. The, the John method. The, you know, the, I'm just looking around my, my space trying to find a name. Uh, you know, the Summer Bratwurst method. I don't know. All right. So that's the method. The method, that, that's your method now. You fucking own it. You branded it. Do that for any concept that you've invented or even just, hey, this is my step-by-step way of doing things. Name it. Put it in your content. They can't take that away from you, but people will steal it. Right? You, you develop a calculator. I have a friend, Doug Cunnington, developed a calculator for, for a keyword, finding good keywords to, to, you know, for SEO. He calls it the golden ratio. Um, oh, no. <laughs> a keyword golden ratio. That's it. Thank you. Uh, thank you to myself for remembering that. And he named it. That's his, that's his thing. People have taken it, but, you know, that's his thing. It is attributed to him. So I think... Again, AI can help you come up with the name, but it's not going to help you, it's not going to name it within the content when you create it. So, uh, and having that is a branding thing. So both of those things, analogies and naming concepts are both like ways to brand your content that AI is not going to help you with unless you tell it to, right? Unless you go, oh, okay, well, I, I have to think about this on another level a less, a less robotic level and go, okay, well, now I want to name these things or I want to create an analogy to explain this, then have the AI do that. But again, it's not going to do that. So most people who run these shit websites are not going to do those two things. Guaranteed. 
Third thing, obvious one, photos. You're like, Matt, AI can take photos. No, it can't. It can generate photos. But I'm willing to bet that you're the type of person, if you're listening to this, you, just like me, you can go, you, you can spot an AI image as soon as you see it. You have never been fooled by one. I'm willing to bet that. And so I think if we're, as human beings are able to detect it, Google can too. And there's just something about a photo, a real photo, that our human brains are like, yeah, man, that's real. And yes, I will always caveat this entire episode with, because I, re- I realize it too, AI can get there someday. Fine, but it is not there now. And maybe we don't want it there, and so we never build it. You know what I mean? We're like, I like photos. I like when humans take photos. It makes the internet fun. I don't like AI photos. They're not fun. It's just a sentence that someone came up with. You know what I mean? So photos. I want to talk about how I plan to do this in my business. Because here's the shocking truth. I do not own a pool or a hot tub. And that's like, I've told people that, and they're like, that's, that can't be true. You run a site where you teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs. Yes, I've been in the industry since 1993, but, and I've, and I've had a pool in the past, and I've personally taken care of millions of pools and millions of hot tubs, maybe not even millions of hot tubs, but... But, so I, but I don't have those things because I know how much work they, they take. I have the room for them. In fact, I have a spot on my deck ready for a hot, hot tub ready. I built it to be hot tub ready because we were planning on getting one. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't want to write content all day about pool care and then have to go actually take care of a pool. I found a better way. I found a more sustainable way for me to do that. And for me to get photos, I hire people to take photos for me. That's it. Now, how do I do that? You know, I don't just go out and find a, I, I, this is really simple. Now, I don't know if whatever industry you're in, you can do this or not, but it's something worth, worth thinking about. And I didn't even think I could do this. And I just started doing it, like when I stopped doing Money Lab and stopped doing Brew Cabin and focused 100% on Swim University. The first thing I wanted to do was rent an Airbnb with a pool or a hot tub and go out there and film everything myself and take all the photos myself and buy all the chemicals and all the cleaning equipment and like do it myself. And I, a lot of our content that we publish like uh, as uh, shorts and reels and long form content on YouTube, all of that is B-roll that I personally have filmed. I, one year, I think it was 2017, I flew to New Jersey um, and my friend's brother had a brand new in-ground pool built and we spent a week out there just filming like, you know, nine to five, filming, 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 B-roll. I bought, I bought multiple filters. I bought all the chemicals. I bought all the cleaning equipment, brand new, robotic cleaners, everything. And I just got a, like just the, um, an, an insane amount of B-roll. Now, I'm like, all right, that was a lot of work. And that cost a lot of money to do. And I had to fly and it was, you know, not that I have to fly. It's Colorado, you know, unfortunately doesn't have a lot of pools, but there are pools here and we have done it. Uh, my brother and I, who, who works with me, uh, we rented an Airbnb with an in-ground pool and we spent a week there. We just, you know, would drive there. It was right down the street, nine to five, same thing. And got a whole new set of B-roll in 2022. But... And photos as well, by the way, in both of these scenarios. So for photos, I realized that like, one, I can take photos myself with a phone, not revolutionary, right? But recently I was, I was doing an article about uh, hot tub accessories that you should have or hot tub supplies that you should have. And 
wanted the supply. I, and so here's like, I've done pools and hot tubs so much that I know what equipment I need, right? And I could think, at least think through it. And I have this little mini uh, handheld shop back that I use for brewing actually, weirdly. It's to help dry out my kettles, <laughs> but I have it. And it's DeWalt, right? It's this little handheld thing. And I was like, oh man, this would be great. This would be much better to suck out the water at the bottom of a hot tub when you drain it than investing in a huge shop vac, which is what I've always done. So in, even in my own head, I'm like, oh, I have, I, I know how I would do, if I owned a hot tub, I would do this better. I would use this tool. And so I went outside and took a picture of the thing that I had. Not near a hot tub, I just have it. I have some stonework, uh, you know, some like uh, hardscaping outside, a deck, whatever. I just went outside and took the damn picture and put it on the website. That's super easy for me to do. If you have the thing, take your own picture of it. Even if it's a shitty picture, but guess what? If you have an iPhone or an Android or whatever, or a smartphone that takes pictures, it's probably not gonna be a shitty photo. Like they've figured out not making shitty photos. Okay, now, when I say I've hired people, how did I do that? Well, I found out that uh, you can go on Instagram, and this is like, I'm stupid, right? I'm the average. And then one day I realized, oh, there are influencers on Instagram who probably own hot tubs or pools. And I'm willing to bet and a lot of them I know now do what's called UGC or user-generated content for brands, right? Brands will send them a product and they will film a video or take photos of, the pro- of them using the product and endorse it. And then, they, and then that company takes that video or, or photo and runs ads against it. That is a thing that happens in the uh, D2C industry. And I was like, okay, well, would they just be willing to send me raw footage and raw photos off a shot list. Now, the first time I did this, it was a, um, I'll call him a mentor, uh, because his name is Andy Humphrey. He, uh, he's a sprinkler nerd, and he helped me start doing physical products in D2C. He got me in the D2C world, and he kind of sort of guided me through that a little bit. And so, he has a hot tub. And when I got my chemicals, when I started selling these chemicals that he helped me with, he kindly said, send them to me and I'll take photos or videos of them. I'm like, oh, great. So I sent him the chemicals and I sent him a shot list and he just got all of them. He used his iPhone. I just said, yeah, use your iPhone, do vertical, do horizontal, whatever, whatever. And he sent me back a Google Drive folder filled with all the things that I asked for. And he did that for free. It was very nice of him. But then I thought, well, if he's willing to do it, other people are willing to do it. And so what's nice about Instagram, for me at least, is that I can literally search for pools and hot tubs and look at these Instagrammers to see if they actually have a pool or a hot tub, which is nice. And so I get to see the pool or the hot tub before I even ask them to do it. Uh, It also turns out that my best friend growing up has a pool in Florida. Okay. I never thought to reach out to him and be like, hey, do you want some extra money? (laughs) Like, just go out to your pool and take these photos. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. I was like, all right, great. You know, so I gave him a list. I said, you know, know, texted him a list of shots. He got the shots. Boom. He's like, you know, my parents down the street have a pool. Oh, and a hot tub. Oh, so now I got one guy who has access to two pools and he, he's like, I, I'll take some extra money. He was like using it to like pay off a vacation he just went on. And I was like, okay, great. Reached out to another uh, woman on Instagram. She had a hot tub. I said, where do you live? She's like, I live wherever she lives. I don't know. But she's like, my hot tub is open year round. My pool's open year round. I'm like, great. So there you go. Take your own photos. Film your own videos too. All right, number four. (sighs) This one's gonna feel weird too, but 
I have some data on my own to say that this is important. About page. You have to write a really good about page and I'll tell you why. I'm also willing to bet that you're the type of person who has had some competition in your niche and you went and looked at their website and you immediately went to their about page and you realized this is no one. This is just some guy or some person in another country who is just buying content on Upwork and posting content, but now they're doing AI. And you know that because something don't feel right. The, the photo of the person doesn't look right. It's like, ah, it's too, or it's too generic, Mike Smith, you know. They, have a, uh, they, they don't have an about page that's like about them. It's kind of like a paragraph. Maybe I'm only talking about my own experience here, but I don't know, maybe you've experienced it too. Um, those people are not going to go anywhere. They're going to fail. And I've, you know, whatever, whatever you feel about that. So if you're one of those people who has an about page that's thin and because you don't want to expose yourself on the internet, well, I think in the future, you're going to have a hard time because I think the future is going to go towards human beings and it always has. So even more so in AI. Now, why the about page? Well, there's one thing I noticed. So I, I started using this software called Crazy Egg. It's old school, but it's got heat mapping software. And I put that heat map on my homepage and I've been running it for about three months now. And to my surprise, like serious surprise, you can see where everyone's clicking. And when I scroll to the bottom of my website, the footer, I have one small link that says about us. And it is one of the hottest spots on my homepage. No other link, like that, that link. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, well, I mean, I would be one of those people that would click that. There's a ton of people doing that. They wanna know, and I think this is gonna happen more and more and more, right? And this is why I think maybe, and I'll admit, backlinks might become more important again. But in the world of AI, people wanna know, can I trust this website? Google, E-E-A-T, can I trust this website? Well, if you got a sick about page where you're like, here's what we're gonna do for you, and here's who we are and why we fucking do it. Well, that's gonna, that's gonna improve your trust level. And I think that's gonna improve SEO. And I think it's gonna help your content because people will actually read it, they will actually consume it, and they will buy what you're selling. Whether it's affiliate links or your own products. Now, um, there's a few things. So one, I had, I have the about page in the footer only. I'm probably going to, since, since I see that that's such a hot spot, I'm probably going to end up moving the about page to the, to the actual main navigation, which is crazy, but Hey, the data is there. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm going to do is we're going to do, so this is something I haven't, haven't even done yet. We have an about page. It's better than most, but it, I want to improve it. So I'm just telling you things that I'm doing to improve it. Um, I'm going to film a video with my entire team, which my team happens to be me, my wife, and my brother. So family business. Check number one, you know, made in the USA. Check number two for some people, I guess. And... We are a family and we're a team and we do this thing and we don't take, we don't have sponsors. We're not, you know, we are a completely independent resource, et cetera, et cetera. Our pictures are going to be there. Like as a family, we're going to have our YouTube plaque up there. Boom. We're, we're a big YouTube channel. That's, you know, to some people that might be something. Here's our, here's what we stand for. Here's how we're going to help you. The whole thing, the whole works going to be sick, right? I'm going to link that 
because I'm going to put so much work into that this year in 2024, I'm going to put that at the top of the website and I'm the person who writes every single blog post on the website. My face is at the very top of every article that says this was written by Matt Giovannisi and at the bottom of the article, my bio is there and I'm going to link that about page in that bio. It's going to get a ton of link juice. But that's something AI can't do, can't be human. And I think, um, for me, I think it's going to help with SEO for sure because E-E-A-T, right? Experience, expertise, authority, and trust. Also, that, by the way, all these things I'm talking about and in this eight ways to improve content also improve E-E-A-T. Just so happens to be related. <laughs> okay? So that is what I'm going to do. And I think it is going to improve sales because people, human beings will trust me and my team and who we are. So if you have, you know, what do you do if you don't have that story like we have? If you have some story, put it out there and I would get your face on that. I think it's going to be more important going forward than ever before. And if you're not comfortable putting your face on things on the internet, which I understand because I used to be that way, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for you in the AI world. I don't know how you plan to stand out. If you have any ideas, email me, Matt, at moneylab.co. All right, number five? Yeah. Uh, Simple one, personal experience, right? I told you I don't have a pool or a hot tub. Surprising. However, I do have a lot of personal experience. Um, and that's important because I can say things with I statements and AI cannot, or it can, it just would be false. So I can say, um, or, or even, I don't even have to say that I do this thing. I can say, I would do this. If I, you know, like if I owned a hot tub, I would do X and you can think about that to yourself and go, here's what I would do right? Because I have personal experience. Now, personal experience doesn't even have to be in the field. Like, let me just, I think it should be, but an example, right? I am not someone who, I don't know, like, I would never call myself like a brilliant chef or something. Like, I would never start a cooking site personally, right? Because I don't feel like I have enough expertise and knowledge in it, right? But I do have an analytical and organized brain, right? So what I would do, if I were writing an article that's like, here's the top 10 kitchen tools that you need to make the best meals of your life in 2024, whatever, whatever the headline is, I would go and think through that scenario, even though I'm not a good chef, I'm a good organizer, so I'd be like, I'd have this tool and I'd put it here and I'd have this tool and I'd put it there and I'd have this tool to do this, to put it there, right? So maybe you don't have personal experience in the thing that you're doing, you have a niche about, which I think is insane, but let's say you don't. You might have personal experience to something adjacent that you can apply into your content that AI would never write. And a freelance writer would never write because it's not unique. You are the unique factor here as the business owner. Now you might be thinking, okay, but I don't write the content, Matt. I don't do that shit. I have a team. I have people that write for me. Cool. That's good too. I have people that write for me. It's Steph. She writes the the scripts for me. But I am also in the room. I am the expert, right? I've been doing this for so long. If you have somebody that works for you, have them interview you like a podcast. You know, it's on, on the topic that I need to write about. You could do a voice memo and, and, you know, answer a bunch of questions, send it to them. They can pop it into Descript, transcribe it, and like the content's basically written, right? You can use AI to like, you know, get the words out. But it's coming from your personal experience. So yes, you don't have to be the writer, 
but you should share your personal experience to your writers so that they can incorporate it into the content. Because again, AI is not going to write those things. And it does feed into the EEAT stuff. Personal experience, analogies, naming concepts, photos, all stuff that you as human beings can do that right now AI is very bad at doing. And also happens to feed into EEAT. Which, by the way, if I'm saying that and you don't know what that acronym means or what it, how it applies, that is the acronym of experience, expertise, authority, and trust that Google says is good content and will rank you for those things. It's having some issues right this second as, we, as I speak, but I think it's going to come back. Okay, number six. This one's a little bit harder, but also unique, is tools. So I thought, um, so in brewing and in pools and in, even in Money Lab, I could invent little tools that I would include in my content to help you achieve whatever it is that you're reading, right? That I'm, whatever I'm helping you with. That tool could come in many forms. One form that I see quite a bit and that anyone can do is create a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet could have formulas in it and then you've basically created a tool. Or the tool can be a, like I, I had once on Money Lab, a list of affiliate, um, what is it? A list of like affiliate companies or something? Like places that you could like sign up for affiliate, oh, a list of affiliate programs is what I wanted to say. And I was like, hey, download it. It's free. I just made this huge list, you know, and I put together this like database, essentially. That's a tool, right? I had a, um, on, on some university, I developed a calculator, very simple. This, cal- this calculations exist on how to, you would enter the dimensions of your pool and it would tell you how many gallons are in it, right? I, 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 simple calculation. It's available online. What all I did was I coded that into a little tool, a little plugin with a short code, and now I can embed that little quick tool into my content. Now you're like, Matt, I don't know how to code. Fine, AI does, or you hire a developer. It's a short little thing. Or there's plugins that just build calculators for you if it's a simple calculation tool that you wanna build. It can be spreadsheets, it can be PDFs, it can be audio files, it can be whatever. But things that, again, AI isn't going to do or include in your content when it spits it out, right? Um, that Again, I know that that one's a little bit harder to like, well, it's like, okay, cool, but how the hell would I do that and like how important is that? Okay, how important is it? So I thought to myself... And this is like, you know, this is this kind of will go into talking about backlinks a bit. But I was like, how do I, you know, part of like coming up with this content was not just how do I beat AI, but how do I set myself up for organic backlinks? Meaning somebody comes to my website and goes, whoa, super cool. I'm writing a piece about this. They're doing their research. You know, they're a journalist, a lazy journalist, let's say. And they find my website and they're writing an article for Hunker or some, you know, mass article company. And they're like, hey, this guy's got a tool on his website where he can calculate the gallons of a pool. Oh, wow. There's a link in the tool that says you can add this to your site. You click that link. It's maybe to a GitHub repository. They can download and install the plugin on their site. And guess what? In that plugin, you have a link to your site. So when those people install that link or install that plugin on their WordPress site and then put their, your tool, which would be branded on their site, it would say this tool was developed or have a little emblem that's like the swim you emblem or something back to you. And then all of a sudden you got backlinks to your site. So... Or, and again, you can be aggressive about it. You can make the tool, put it on your website, put your little emblem on it, right? 
and then create the Git repository, and then mass email everybody who you think that this tool would be useful for. If they have a WordPress site, they can add it to their site, just like that. Or again, have, here's a link to my tool that's just like a spreadsheet, you know, just embed it on a, just create a landing page for it on your website. Boom, and now you're like giving out a free tool to everybody and you're getting backlinks to that page. Just an idea. All right, two more. This one's my favorite one. I should have, I should have started the, the episode with, and no, you gotta wait till number seven because it's the best one. You know, get you to listen to the whole thing. All right, number seven is survey data. It sounds boring, but let me explain. I was, I was watching a video on Backlinko um, where he was talking about how he's building backlinks in 2024. Of course, I'm researching this now. And one of the things, the whole idea, the whole concept that in this video, which I'll, you know, just give it to you, is basically creating these articles on his site that answer specific data or statistics questions so that when a journalist is Googling, you know, how many people own Bitcoin, his site comes up number one and he's got that data right at the top of the page. But then it's a long article, but at the very top, it's bolded, there's your answer. So again, lazy journalists need an answer to a question. They search, they find his site, they source him, they credit him, boom, okay? Makes a lot of sense. I was like, oh, I like that. It's pretty cool. But anybody can get that data, right? That data, he didn't, he didn't do the research to find out how many people own Bitcoin. He just took it from another site, sourced that, you know, like added those links at the bottom of his, you know, but most, but he's better at ranking than those other sites. So he ranks it. And then, uh, you know, people don't cite the original source. They just cite the source they got it from. So he wins. Okay. So he's basically hijacking statistics, you know, which is, which is fine. That'll work for a decent amount of time. But what's better or at least what I think is better, is having your own statistics. How do you do that? Well, I was like, okay, I don't even think you really need a ton of data. You just need a large enough number of people to answer a single question and you spill that all out. So, and this is not, by the way, just to get backlinks. This is interesting to read. If you're just consuming the content, you're like, Wow, I didn't realize that this many people, blah, blah, blah. So let me give you an example of what I'm even thinking about here and how I would even use this in my own business. So one, one idea, I was like, how many people, I'm, I'm doing a, uh, an article on using a solar cover on your pool. A solar cover is a big bubble wrap looking blue tarp that you f- throw over your pool and it keeps the heat in your pool. It attracts a little bit of heat but it keeps the water from evaporating, which, which conserves your heat. It's called a solar cover. Um, and I'm doing an article on that. And I'm just like, in my head, how many people who own swimming pools actually use a solar cover? Like, actually have one and use it? I think that would be just interesting to know for the, for the article. So I started using Typeform which is a, you know, it creates quick forms for you. You could use Google Drive or sorry, Google Forms if you don't want to pay for anything. But I really like Typeform. I can spin up stuff, create custom URLs. You know, the data is all laid out nicely. I, I like it. Okay. I have a list, of, a fairly large list of pool subscribers, like pool owners. Now you might not have a large list, but it doesn't matter. So I send out this, this little you know, survey to my large list or even to my small list. I have a small list of, of hot tub owners, so I'll send it out to my small list, right? Or just embed it on my website where that gets a lot of traffic and maybe people will take it. So just wherever I can get answers um, or Facebook or you know, any, any, any of those platforms. Just, like, just put it everywhere, right? As long as you have a link to a, to a survey. Now, maybe you'd want to 
you know, create an incentive. Like, um, hey, you know, I'll pick a random survey person and I'll give them a $50 gift card to Amazon or a $25 gift card to Amazon or whatever. You could do that. But as soon as you put that out on the open web, like if you were to say put that on Facebook, I guarantee you people who have zero knowledge about the thing that you're talking about are going to take that survey just because they want the $25. So in my world, if you're going to do that, I wouldn't even put an incentive. I would just get like actual data with no incentive because you don't want people doing it just for the prize. Um, so let's say I find out that, you know, 75% of pool owners, right, use a solar cover. Now that's, I could say that in the article, but it's like, okay, but how many people <laughs> did you ask? Well, I asked, you know, four and three of them said they did. Is that a good sample size? No. So I would also include that data too, you know? So I would write a sentence that simply says, we surveyed a hundred pool owners and found out that 75% of them have a solar cover, or use a solar cover on their pool every day. That is information that nobody else has right now. I mean, obviously other people can copy that, right? Like that's, hey, we'll do the same thing. But they're probably not. That's the thing. You just said it. That's the data. They have the data now. So if someone's researching and going, well, we could do that too. Chances are they're not going to do it. They're just going to steal it from you, but they'll probably credit you. And then you'll get your backlink. But, but, but uh, besides that, it's also very interesting. And it could sell the point, right? It could sell the whole reason for the article. I could flip that, right? So you're like, okay, well, 75%. I could say 75% of people use a solar cover on their pool every summer. That's why it's so important. Like people are keeping their pool warm. We're conserving water. It's a good thing for the environment, right? Now let's say I do the same data, but it comes back differently. Only 25% of people put a solar cover on their pool. I think that that's shockingly low and it should be flipped and here's why. So like you could take the data and just say it a different way and it's still an interesting data point. And anybody else who's writing an article on solar covers and researches you or is writing an article on water conservation with pools is like, oh, guess what? We found out that only, 70, only 25% of people use solar covers. That's shockingly low. Let's, let's improve that. Survey data. Super easy to do. I don't think you even need a large list. You can even say out of the 50 people we surveyed, you know, 25 people, 25%. It, I don't think it matters, but be honest. You know what I mean? You don't just say like 25% of people. That's not true. You're not, you know, I would, I would personally, from a trust perspective, say the number of people who answered the question. So out of blank, out of, you know, we, or we asked a hundred pool owners and 25 of them said that they put a solar, you know, like just do that. Just Use the more numbers you use, the better, and it's fucking true, which is great. You're adding to the greater good of the world. All right, finally, now I mentioned this on the previous episode, I believe. Um, it's actually pretty meta because why I'm doing this in a way, podcasts <laughs> now. Okay. Uh, sure, Matt. Podcast. That's great. Right now, AI can't do podcasts. You've seen like the Joe Rogan, you know, AI, and you're like, that's sh- he's interviewing Steve Jobs. That's shockingly good. No, it's not. No, it's not. It sucks. You know, it sucks. It's like, oh, it's kind of sounds like him, but like more robotic. Yeah, because it is. And yeah, it's going to get better. But Joe Rogan's still Joe Rogan. Like, he's going to be like, that's not me, dude. Like, only listen to him. It's only going to help his show. <laughs> because everyone's going to be like, well, I don't want to hear the AI version. It sucks. Because some asshole wrote it. Some, you know, some robot wrote it. I want to hear actual Joe. I want to hear the human being, right? Okay, so that's one 
you know, feather in the cap for the human being again. But that's not why I came up with this. I was thinking about how to improve content, meaning, and by the way, um, (laughs) some of these concepts will work for video too, but I was really thinking about articles, like blog posts, like SEO stuff. Um, And I thought for the podcast thing, how would I improve how people learn? like the concepts that I am putting out in my blog posts, right? So again, I thought let's use analogies, help people learn better. Let's name concepts. Let's brand those concepts so they're easy to remember, right? Let's add photos to build trust and personal experience to also build trust. Let's use survey data to make the content interesting, more interesting with real numbers, and real life social proof. Let's add a video to that content because some people don't like reading. They Google things, but they don't like reading. They, so I have a video at the top of almost every single article on my website and a lot of people just wanna watch the video and then they might read for some more context or some, for, or some little nuggets they need. But the, the content I'm talking about, this is multimedia idea of a blog post. It is, a, it is text. It is video. It is graphics. It is images. It is audio. So I have to accept, even though I'm not one of these people, that audiobooks are a thing. <laughs> people like listening to audio. Now, it might be a lot less than people who read and people who watch videos. But there are people who listen to things. So I thought, why not put, why not read the blog post and add it as an embeddable player, like I would a YouTube video, on the page. If you just want to listen to this, you can listen to it. You don't even have to read it, right? Okay. So I thought, all right, that's okay. That's easy. Right. And it, and it does a few things. So one, um, like I am a podcaster. I've always been one. I'm on and off about it, but I, I love it so much. I love podcasting. I just have a hard time sometimes coming up with <clears throat> what I want to talk about. And I really had to convince myself on this one, but I'll tell you all the reasons why I thought of this. I love podcasting and I'm like, okay, it wouldn't be that hard for me to finish an article, publish it, pull my microphone up or just what I'm doing now with the iPhone and reading it, but also adding context. So I'm not just reading it like an audio book because I can't do that. I would mess up. Honestly, like it would, and that would be, it would require so much editing. But what I thought was I basically have an outline for an episode and I can see my bullet points and I can read my little paragraphs here and there, but I just wrote the damn thing or I just, you know, proofread it or whatever. Like I can just riff. So let's say I do the article about solar covers. Let me just talk about, you know, how to use a solar cover. I don't know. On your pool. So I finish that article, publish it, you know, promote it, do all the things that I need to do, which I can also, that's, that's another episode too. I should go over like my checklist for publishing content, but another episode. Um, and so I'm like, I'll just, I'll just read it and then I'll publish it as an episode. And I ha- I'll just open the blog post, do it, and then embed that, you know, it's like the, the, there's no editing that needs to be done. I put a little music in the beginning or not. And then what I do is I just embed it on the content. So it improves the content and adds something that's not there. It's more human. And here's the best part, I think, is that it also exposes me to another platform for discoverability. Now that platform right now and has been notoriously hard, right? But I think it's gonna get better. 
I think podcasts are like just I don't know. There's just something about like people like them, but not everyone likes them. But I think like Google's going to start serving it up more, and especially video podcasts. So yes, you could do a video podcast, but I'm just thinking of the person who is not watching video. They want the audio. So you know, kudos if you can knock both out, right? Because like we're doing videos that are completely different. They're way more edited. They're animated. There's like it's a whole thing. But if you were if you had, if your content was like, hey. I, I'm going to write this piece of content. I'm going to do a podcast about it. I'm also going to film it. So now you have a video, you have the written version, you have the video version, and you have the audio version. You've created three different ways that people can consume your content in the way that they like to consume it. And you've exposed yourself onto multiple platforms. You have your Google platform, you have your YouTube platform, and now you have your let's say Apple, Spotify, Amazon platform, even Google. Maybe Google starts ranking blog posts above content. Who knows? Or sorry, a podcast above, above blog posts. Maybe your podcast does it. I don't know. Here's another thing I thought about. I was like, okay, how does that help with backlinks? Could it? Could it help with backlinks? All right. And I was like, all right, this is a stretch, but I'll end on it. So I want to put myself out there as somebody you can trust about taking care of a pool. I've done it my whole life. I continue to do it. I still go out to people's pools. I still go out to people's hot tubs and help them. I'm constantly reading about it. I'm constantly learning about it. I'm doing it. I am the voice and the person whose face is on the thumbnails of my videos. I'm writing the articles. And now I have a podcast. Maybe you're a journalist or you're somebody that's like, we need to find an expert. Now, this happened to me. So let's, let me just use this, although I didn't have a podcast at the time. But Martha Stewart not her, her Martha Stewart living on Sirius is a long time ago, by the way. So it's kind of irrelevant, but bear with me. Their team reached out to me because of some university, the website. And they're like, Hey, would you come on to our morning show on Sirius XM at the time? Or no, I guess it was, it was just Sirius. Would you come on and be the pool expert? And I was like, Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. I like called out of work. I thought my site was going to fucking explode that day. I th- I'm sure I've told this story. Like I, it was like 7 a.m. in the morning. I was like so pumped. I was just like so ready. I was like, this is it. This is my big break. 15 minutes, I'm on the show talking about God knows what at the time. I come home. All right, all right, yeah, I do with the show. I had to, I had to be on a landline. <laughs> Couldn't even use a cell phone. I'd have been on a landline, do the call, hang up the phone, go to, go to Google Analytics, crickets. <laughs> I was like, okay, not what I thought. I don't know why. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But they asked me to come back on three more times. And they included a link to my website on MarthaStewart.com, which was big at the time and probably still is. So I was like, that was worth 15 minutes of my day to just get on a call and not have to write anything. So I'm thinking, well, if Martha Stewart needed a pool expert in 2024 for a segment they were doing on XM radio, they would probably search podcast and find a pool podcast because they could literally just pre-listen. They could vet me. They're like, oh, the guy's got a decent speaking voice. He's charismatic. He knows his shit. Let's get this guy. And then we can promote his thing. Great. Now, I'm not saying that that's like, it's not an aggressive backlink thing, but it's something. And so I thought, all right, well, if that is the, if that's one of the other goals, then my face needs to be on the podcast cover because I want people to see a face and go, that's the guy we want 
to do our radio show. Or maybe you're, again, you're a journalist and you're doing research and you decide to listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video. Again, I'm there. So I'm there, you cite me, you cite my site, right? Cite my site? Sure. That's it. So, I don't know, what do you think of, uh, that's all eight. <laughs> there were other ones. Um, you know, some, they were really, like, small. I don't think that they would, they're not going to move the needle at all. A lot of these, again, follow the EEAT thing. Um, what's interesting is, is that the only one that is a one-and-done concept is the about page. Like, once you do it once, it's done, at least for a long time. But like podcasting, survey data, tools is also a one and done thing, I guess. Personal experience, photos, naming concepts, analogies, all of these things are something you would put into your process for creating content. Now, I have two more episode ideas to come up to follow this one. I don't know when I'm gonna do them, but just subscribe if you're interested. The, well, I just talked about, um, I have, you know, during this huge brainstorming session about improving content, the, I, had a, I had two columns. One column was like, how do I improve the existing content for the reader? And then how would I improve the content or, the, uh, or my like, kind of behind the scenes strategy to encourage organic backlinks? Again, not going out and begging for them. Like, I, you know, I'm so against that. I just don't want to do that in my business. I don't want to hire a VA that's like just banging down doors. It just makes my business and my trust in the world feel shitty. And I just don't want to put that vibe out there. I'd rather improve what we're doing as a business for the consumer and for the reader. And that will attract, you know, backlinks. But there are clever ways to do that, I think. Like, you know, like, like survey data, podcasting, those little like tidbits that like actually help the reader, but you know, could get me a backlink. It's like, cool. So I do have a separate list that I will record of ways that I think you could build backlinks without actually having to beg for them. It's much smaller list, but it's a behind the scenes process that you can employ, um, and I'm going to do that in a couple of weeks because I still have some more research to do there. I still have some stuff I want to add to it. The other thing I, I mentioned, so I'm, just, I'm actually just saying this out loud now to remember, remind myself. Um, I have a very long list of, uh, it's a very long checklist of things that I do to create um, SEOable content. And they are broken up into... Uh, three stages. The first stage is the writing of the content, uh, which will include naming concepts, you know, and analogies, personal experience, things like that, survey data. Um, the second piece is the technical SEO or the on-page SEO, like, you know, adding internal links, adding external links, um, adding photos, graphics, things like that, um, alt tags, you know, Stuff like that. Checklist all, all the way through. And then the final thing is like promoting it. Now, um, there is one thing that maybe I could use your help with if, you, if you're out there and you've gotten this far. I am looking for a way to endlessly promote content. I don't know. I, I know there's a tool out there called Edgar or meetedgar.com. I don't know if they're still owned by the same company, if it's legit, whatever it is. Like, it's just been a while. I've heard zero people talk about it. But, you know, if you have 100 blog posts on your website, as an example, like, why would you ever stop promoting that? Like, you know, like, oh, you published a blog post, you put it on Facebook, as an example, and that's it. Well, I think you should, like, post it to Facebook, like, every you know, three months. So that tool, I need to find, you know, and is that just like, is that just scheduling or is there some kind of like process? That's the process that I'm going to figure out next 
is like how to cons- how to create a consistent promoting schedule with um, with blogs specifically, not like videos or anything. So anyway, thinking about that next. Uh, all right, that's it. Goodbye.